When I think about the Feast of the Holy Family, I thought about the fact that what is it about some of the most popular shows that have been on TV have been sitcoms about families. So whether we're talking about the Brady Bunch or the Waltons or Ozzie and Harriet or Leave it to Beaver or any of the ones that are around, there's something about them that we like to watch. And I suppose it's because they remind us in some ways of our own not-so-holy families, the times that things aren't always perfect and things don't always go the way they're planned. But the opening prayer, if you were paying close attention, I'm sure you were, said, we're called to imitate the holy family. Hmm. Well, the facts are we had an unwed mother whose dad had a lot of bright ideas he got in dreams, and their kid was God. I don't know about you, but that sure as heck wasn't my family. So what is it about the Holy Family that we're called to imitate? It's interesting because, as you heard in the introduction, the Feast of the Holy Family is really relatively new in, in our calendar, probably 80 years or so. That's not really very long. And uh, it really came about during a time when there seemed to be more of a push or a, an attack against what it meant to be a family. And so I didn't take the time to research what the historical things that were going on at the time, but each of the three years, A, B, and C, this is the B cycle, remember, emphasizes different things. And this one happens to really emphasize and hone in on a couple that I think are the most important qualities of the Holy Family. We live in a day and age where family is variously defined. And we all know, have been old enough to know that there are times that blood family is maybe not as people that we're close to as we say to somebody else, you're just like family to us. You're welcome here anytime. And so it's, it's defined in a lot of different ways. It's blood, yes, but it goes way beyond that sometimes. And in fact, unfortunately, sometimes those who are blood relatives, our blood family, we are maybe are not close to at all. So what about the Holy Family? It is a way of us coming to understand it's about our relationship with others, our relationship with others. And so it's not a last name that is it. It really is about the relationship. And this morning's readings define what that relationship happens to be. <coughs> it's this combination between faith and obedience. Every relationship that's godly, all of God's relationships are founded on faith and on obedience. And so we take a look at the readings that we have today, and the first one from Genesis. <coughs> so we have Abraham who said, you know, God, I'm just, this is the end of the line for me. I don't have any heirs. I'm going to have to have my, my steward, my slave, be the, the head of my household. God said, no, no, no. Come on outside. Look up at the sky. See all those stars? Your descendants are going to be more than them. You can take that to the bank. Well, Abraham did believe that. He did believe that. And so he was obedient, and they took off and moved to where they needed to move. But then the second reading, I really like. The second reading then talks about, starts out the very first part of the reading, says, by faith Abraham obeyed. When he was called by God to go to a place, by faith Abraham obeyed. And we know what tests Abraham had to do. He was called to sacrifice his son. And so 
Now you're talking about a relationship, a relationship between Abraham and God. And then it says the line that I, that I like, um, uh, it said, so he who was as good as dead, now there's a compliment, uh, he was as good as dead, <clears throat> but God delivered on the promises. God always delivers on the promise. And then that's connected to our, our gospel today about the presentation of Jesus in the temple. I think that one of the things that happens to scripture passages a lot of times is that we, we make them so pious, you know, like it's a Hallmark movie, that we take the everyday nitty grittiness out of it. So I want you to imagine, all of you who have baptized kids, that you're at church and you come to do the prescriptions of the law. You're getting your kid baptized. And so the baptism is done and this old guy shows up out of nowhere. And he takes your baby and he says, oh my God, now I can die in peace. What would you do? Dads, you probably would have punched him. Get away from my kid. And so he told him and then he turned and he talked to Mary and he had some pretty stout words for her. He said, you know, uh, this child there are going to be many are going to rise and fall on this child, and you yourself a sword will pierce, so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. So this is not exactly the time that we go home and have cake and punch and ham and potatoes uh, after the baptism ceremony. And then if that wasn't enough, an old woman who spent her life in church came up and started to tell them all kinds of things that God had revealed to her about their son. Both of those people were examples of faith and obedience, okay? So Simeon had had this revelation that, that the Son of God was going to be coming, that there was the promised one, the Messiah was coming, and God pointed out to him that this was the one. He believed it, and he acted in obedience to that, and so did Anna. So what's our takeaway? It doesn't sound really like about all of our lives very much. So what's our takeaway as we look at the Feast of the Holy Family? Well, <clears throat> the fundamental thing that I think that's important for me to remember all the time, and I encourage you to do it too, is that you and I are children of God. Okay, big deal, Father. I learned that a long time ago. No. <coughs> the reality is, if you and I believe that we're children of God, then that means that everyone else is our brothers and sisters, period. No matter what culture they are, no matter what race they are, no matter what religion they are, we're all God's children, period. So that expands this idea of family, and if our family is characterized by faith and obedience, that's going to make a big difference on how you and I operate in the world today. Either all of our brothers and sisters are children of God or they're not. And we really can't say they're not because the scripture is full of references to that. The second thing is this. The families to which we belong all involve duties and responsibilities. They all do. Because relationships are that way. If you say you love somebody and you never talk to them, you don't love them. If you say that this person is a member of your family and you have no connection to them, then they're not. So it needs to be a lived reality. Now, in case nobody ever told you, no family's perfect, not yours, not mine. They're not bad. They're just not perfect. They're realistic, I think. 
And so whether or not you're talking about your own home family, okay, so there are rights and responsibilities for that to your parents and parents to their kids. Your faith family, you have rights and responsibilities too. Okay? It doesn't just happen. If we're part of the family of God and we're part of this parish family, that has rights and responsibilities. It's true of our national family and our nation. It has rights and responsibilities. We're not just along for the ride. And it really is true about our global family. Our Holy Father is trying to get us to understand that. We're one. Now, for those of you who need specific things, specific directives about how to be a holy family, I'm just going to say look to the gospel today. And the last line, verse 39 and 40, and Luke's second chapter said, When they had fulfilled the, all the prescriptions of the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. What do we know about the Holy Family? Nothing. We call these the hidden years. Now, if Jesus was a human being like us in all things but sin, then we realize that there is no reason to think that his growing up is any different than yours and mine. Do you think that there were times that Joseph wanted to crack him with a board from the woodshop? I suspect yes. Sometimes our kids drive us crazy. Why would it be any different? The hidden years. It's not in scripture because it's not important for us to know. So in the same thing for you and for, for me, it's our day-to-day -day living. Day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, year-to-year. Not unlike our own. And all of our relationships within our family or any of these families to which we belong need to be characterized by faith. What do I mean by that, Father? I mean that we believe that God has a purpose and a plan, not only for me and my kids, but everybody else. God's in charge. I will not lose hope. And obedience. What does it mean to be obedient to your parents? What does it mean for parents to be obedient to their children? What does it mean to be obedient to our faith? Those are the things we think about. We live in a world that's getting so individualized, we have no responsibility to anybody. That's not family. That division is evil. And so our relationships as we go back, and I encourage you to do this as you uh, do your soul searching before you go out to party tonight for the new year. Think about this last year. Which relationships were most important to you and why? Which relationships kind of flagged during this year and why? Which relationships do you know you need to work on this year, this next year? How are you going to do that? Our relationships in Christ need to be built on faith and obedience. All our relationships are built on faith and obedience for all people because if you're part of God's family, we all belong. 